this will become part of your identity in Christ. So this is really important. If you choose to commit your life to Christ, these are the things that will be real in you. These qualities, the, the, this is truth. And what we want is for truth to become reality in our life. We want it not just to be true, but to also become real in us. That means we grab a hold of it, we embrace it, and we bring it into our life, and we live accordingly. So there's things I'm going to share with you tonight that are transformational. If you will take these things and live them in the reality that they are, your life will change. It will be different. So what you need is to have these things as, as your foundation. You need to have these firmly in place in your life so that you can begin to, to build on layer after layer of spiritual growth on this foundation. So all of what I'm going to talk about tonight is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And in this, Peter talks about Jesus, and he mentions some specific characteristics, very specific characteristics. He, he paints a picture of who you are if you are a believer. If you are a follower of Christ, this describes you. But I know some of you aren't embracing this reality and you need to. Your life will be different. Here's what it says. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. He mentions some very specific characteristics. He says, you are a chosen people. So we're going to talk about what that means. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a people belonging to God. You have received mercy. There are a lot of people, although they've received mercy, they don't live like it. They still live with the guilt and the shame of, of whatever has happened in their past, and they're just bringing it on and on into their life. So each one of these phrases is packed with significant meaning. Each phrase is foundational to your identity, your identity in Christ if you're a follower of Jesus. So first up, as a follower of Jesus, I have been completely accepted. He says, you are a chosen people. You have been chosen by God. You have been fully, completely accepted by God. Now, most of us, we spend our lives struggling with acceptance, trying to earn acceptance. We want people to accept us. We, we want it from our parents. We want it from our peers. We want it from people that we respect. We want it from people we envy. Man, I would just love it if that person would accept me, me. There's a drive to be accepted. And there is a deepness to that drive that drives us to do all kinds of things, all kinds of stuff. We will do some of the craziest things. You know, I can think back to my desire to be accepted and the thing, the crazy things I would do to try to impress people so they would accept me and I could be a, a part of the group. Maybe, maybe you could remember some of these uh, moments where you so badly want to be in the crowd and, and somebody says, I dare you to do that. 
And you know it's stupid. And you know you shouldn't do it. But you think, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm gonna, because if I do it, I'm going to be a part of this cool group. I'll be one of the cool kids. We just love that feeling of, I'm okay now. I'm accepted. Someone has chosen me. Maybe as a kid you can uh, remember that the, the, the thing that goes on where, where you're choosing up teams. And, and you know, typically, it's, it's almost always the same. The two most popular people get picked to be the captains and choose the teams. And they start the choice. Bill. Debbie. And you're standing there. And you're wanting your name to be called. But you're still standing there. And you're down to like, there's two or three people left. And oh man, I didn't want to be one of these people. You just so badly want to be picked. But you know, picked last is like not getting picked at all. That's actually worse. It's this feeling of rejection that you feel. Man, they didn't pick me. They just, you know, they don't like me. They didn't pick me. We love this feeling of being accepted, and we hate this feeling of being rejected. And rejection comes at us in so many different ways. There are so many different things that happen, and we feel rejected out of that. And that rejection, it just beats on us. It wears us down. It gets to us. But when you're accepted, when you're chosen, when you get some kind of an award, some kind of an honor, some kind of a special recognition, you're like, yes, more people will accept me. More people will love me. Because when you're chosen, it does tremendous things for you. The first thing Peter says about you as a follower of Jesus is, you are a chosen people. You have been chosen by God. You need to hear that. You have been chosen by God himself to be a part of his family, to be on his team. That should raise your sense of, of, of self-esteem because it's not based on performance. It's not based on something you did. It's not something you could earn. God simply shows up and says, I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. You are a chosen people. He highlights this truth in uh, Romans 15, 7, when he says, Christ has accepted you. So first step, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have been completely accepted. Second, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have been given great privilege. There's some amazing privileges that come in with, with being a chosen people. He says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Okay, so this is kind of weird. God says, you are a priest. Th th do any of you kind of feel like that's kind of weird? I, I don't really want to be a priest. And you know, we have this cultural thought, this, this heritage of what we think about priests. And we think, I don't want to be one of those. That's kind of scary. That's kind of, kind of weird. And, but you know, really, depending on your background... You might not want the idea of being a priest. But in the time when the Bible was written, a priest had two special benefits that other people didn't get to have. Peter is saying that those two benefits 
that the priests had are now yours. And these are really, really cool things. It's not the weird stuff. It's really cool stuff. See, in the Old Testament, priests did two things. One was they had the privilege of going directly to God. They could go to God one-on-one. -on -one. That's an amazing thing. The second privilege is they had the privilege of representing God to the people. Those two things are true of you when you become a follower of Christ. You get to go directly to God. You have direct access. You don't have to pray through someone else. You don't have to confess through anyone else. You don't have to connect with God through anyone else. God says you have a direct line, direct hot button line. You are a priest. The cool thing here is that you have as much right to go before God as anyone else. And you get to go directly to him, face to face, one on one, to talk to him, to fellowship with him. Now, one of the things that, that happened, one of the things that, that, that was, is there was a temple. And to signify this difference of, of who could go to God and who couldn't, there was this temple, and the Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, at that very moment, there was a veil inside the temple. Now, this, this ceiling is about 20 feet tall. In the temple, this ceiling would be 70 feet tall. And it had two large rooms separated by a curtain, by a veil. That curtain signified that God's presence dwelled behind the curtain in what was called the Holy of Holies. That was the room on the other side. But you had to be a priest in order to go back there. Nobody else was allowed to go back there. So I could come into this main, this open room, but I couldn't go back into the presence of God. When Jesus died on the cross, at that very moment, God took that veil and he ripped it apart right down the middle, all 70 feet of it from top to bottom. He did that to signify that there is no longer a separation between you as a follower of God and me. It is no longer just a priest that could come back and connect with me, fellowship with me. If you commit your life to Christ, if you have committed your life to Christ, you have this direct access to God that the priests of old had. You get to fellowship with God. You get to meet with God. Another thing about the word priest is in Latin, the word priest means bridge. You get to be a bridge builder between God and man. You get to build bridges of life, bridges of faith with other people. When you share who Jesus Christ is and what he did with someone else, you are building a bridge. You are a priest building a bridge that they could come over and commit their life to Christ and enter into a relationship with him. Second privilege is that privilege of helping other people understand the benefits of God and actually following God. So you become his representative, a priest, a bridge builder. 
2 Timothy 1.9, the Bible says, he saved us and chose us for his holy work. Not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan before the world began. It says, he saved us for his holy work. You are saved for the most important, incredible, amazing task on the planet, which is to be a bridge builder so more people could come into a relationship with God. That is the most amazing thing that could happen in your life. You commit your life to Christ and you have a relationship with God. You get baptized after that commitment to Christ because you're identifying with Christ's death and resurrection. That's what you're doing with baptism. And you get this opportunity to help people. You are saved to be a bridge builder for other people. That's the holy work that's being talked about. So he gives you this honor of representing him, and he gives you the honor of influencing others for him. That's why I say you have been given great privilege. That's great privilege. Another aspect here is that as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have been given a relationship. It's no longer a religion. It is a relationship. He says, you are a people belonging to God. You belong to God. You are a member of his family. That also, it's such a privilege. You get to have a relationship with God because of what Jesus Christ did. And he did it so you could have that relationship with God. That's why he sacrificed himself on the cross, so that you could come into a relationship with God through him. Because apart from that, apart from him, you can't. There's no other way to connect with God except through Jesus Christ and through the sacrifice that he gave. He's the one that made it possible. The Bible says you've been bought and paid for by Christ. So you belong to him. See, you belong to God. If you were to ask yourself questions like, who do I belong to? Peter says, you belong to God. If you said, what price was paid? Well, Jesus paid for you with his life. Jesus paid for you with the ultimate price. He proves your value. So many people struggle with value. And Jesus proves you have value by dying for you, by sacrificing for you, by giving his life for you. You are of such great value that he was willing to sacrifice himself for you so you could have a relationship with God. That's how much you're worth. How much was paid for you? the ultimate price. A person, one person, Jesus Christ stepped up and sacrificed himself. That's how valuable you are to him. Peter goes on, he uses an illustration that, that we can see our value in it. He says, in the midst of this, he's saying that God has this building project going on and you're a part of it. He's building this stone building that represents the church and each one of us become parts of that. We become stones in it. First Peter 2, 4 and 5 says, as you come to him, the living stone, 
rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. God is building his church. The spiritual house is his church. And the foundation and the cornerstone of this spiritual building is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who is the cornerstone. That's what sets all of the angles of the building, all of the weight that this building can handle is based on the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. And then each one of us, as we come to Christ, we become a part of that building. We become a part of the church, spiritual building. That's who we are. That's what we do. We become a part of the church. Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Jesus is referred to as the chief cornerstone. He's referred to as the rock of our salvation. Jesus is the one who connects everything together. Apart from him, there's no connection. There's really no connection between us. There's no connection with us with God. We're all just a bunch of individuals without Jesus Christ. He binds us together. He is the cornerstone. Now, a lot of people call church buildings or, or temples the house of God, but God doesn't live in buildings. This is an illustration. He lives in people. He lives in us. And then we band together to form the church, to form a spiritual building. And Peter says, you are a living stone. So when you give your life to Christ, Christ comes into your life and you get to have this relationship with God and you become one of the building blocks of God's church, of God's family. That's a significant part of the plan. A fourth thing, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have been, and we, you guys need to hear this, totally forgiven. Totally forgiven. He says, you have received mercy. You have been totally forgiven regardless of what you did, regardless of how it feels. Whatever shame and guilt you're carrying around, Jesus Christ totally forgives and wipes that clean. The only reason after being totally forgiven that you're feeling guilt and shame is because you're holding on to it. You're choosing to make it something that is staying a part of your life. But Jesus Christ totally forgives you, releases you from it. You have received mercy, free to enjoy life, free to live life. In the Old Testament in Isaiah, he says, I am the God who forgives your sins. And I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. That's describing total forgiveness. If you have committed your life to Christ, you have been totally forgiven. So start living like it. If you have not yet committed your life to Christ, then commit your life to Christ for the aspect of being forgiven. Your slate wiped clean, totally forgiven. He forgives your sins and he gives you new life. He sets you free from that guilt and shame that you feel and that you think about. You are free to live and enjoy life. The Bible says, through what Christ would do for us, 
He decided to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault. We stand before him covered with his love. That's forgiveness. That's mercy. If I receive Christ, my sins are wiped out. They're completely removed. Doesn't mean I become perfect, but it does mean I am forgiven. I am set free, and it means God is not going to hold anything against me. That's what freedom is. That's what forgiveness is. So when you commit your life to Christ, you become a part of God's family. And you need to realize that all of what I'm talking about is truth. And the question tonight is, is it a reality in your life? Are you living according to the truth? Or are you just letting the truth sort of hover close by, but not really grabbing a hold of it and letting it become your identity? Because this is your identity. You have been completely accepted. You have been given great privilege. You have been given a relationship. You have been totally forgiven. These are essential elements to your new identity, your new identity in Christ. And man, I want you to understand these. I want you to embrace these. I want these to become real in you. Because truth, if all you have is the knowledge of truth, then all you have is the knowledge of truth. You have to bring that truth into your life and let it become reality in you. That's when you're changed. You're not changed because you know the truth. You're changed when that truth becomes real in you and that truth can set you free. But you have to accept that truth. You have to live according to that truth. In verse 9, he says, It is for you now to demonstrate the goodness of God, who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. What that means is, we are to demonstrate these qualities to other people. We are to live based on these qualities, based on these truths. It is now for you to demonstrate this. It's now for you to live according to these truths. It's now for these to become real in you. See, when we do, when you do, you will experience the amazing power of God in your life. The amazing power to be able to deal with the things that you have to deal with, to handle the things that you have to handle. These are not just good ideas. These are not just positive thoughts. This is truth and reality. This is the reality of who God is and what God does for us. What God has done for you. This is the truth. Completely accepted, given great privilege, given a relationship, and totally forgiven. I want to pray with you right now, and then I want to give you a minute to, to respond on that Connect card that's inside your program there. Father, I am so grateful that we no longer have to live in the identity that, that, that we've developed over years and years of misinformation and making mistakes and, and choosing wrong 
just making wrong choices. Father, I pray that we would fully commit our life to you and that we would fully embrace your truth, that we would live according to these truths, that these are our identity and that we would live according to this identity, that we would not let these things just dwell in our minds, but that we would let them dwell in our lives, that we would demonstrate this truth to everyone. I pray that in Jesus' name, and in so doing, I pray that we would live in the fullness of Christ, free. Father, I pray that we would do that in the name of Jesus. Amen.